Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Welcome back to Tales from 2 a.m. My name is Brian Anthony Davis. His name is Kevin Tate. We call him Tate. He's from the Know-It-Alls podcast. And we have another special guest, Marky D, who is uh, getting ready to go to bed. But he's getting ready to have his Steeler beanie to sleep with to give him, as he would say, Steeler dreams, which is absolutely fantastic. I I love it. I don't know if I want to hear about those Steeler dreams, uh, um, <laughs> as long as they're not Steeler nightmares. And I... Uh, and Marky D, the Steelers don't have cheerleaders anymore, so they haven't had them since 1969. Oh, yeah. So that's that's the problem. What's you know? That'd be, <laughs> can't go too far into that one there, but um, no, nah, it's just more about you know winning the game, or if I'm coaching the game uh, in in my dreams. But yeah, it's just um, I don't know. I try the best I can, but then sometimes I get into an awkward situation where I'm at work again or something like that. So you know, Tate, do you ever have Steeler dreams? Because I used to have them where I was actually playing. You know, I know I, the Steeler dreams I had had been more more or less nightmares. Uh, you know the 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 Neil O'Donnell Super Bowl. I still I still wake up in cold sweats about that one. Because when when you think about it, that one, the the Mendenhall fumble, I mean, just oh, we're, we're we're that close to to being undefeated in Super Bowls. I mean, you know, like I mean, Neil O'Donnell's performance, Rashard Mendenhall's fumble, even though they were down at the time, they were driving for the go ahead score. I mean, so I have nightmares about those those couple that we lost that we probably should have won. You know, you throw you throw in some Patriot games in there. The uh the Jesse James catch that wasn't a catch, 
you know, I mean, because I, I, I more or less have have dreams or nightmares about the, the what could have been. There you go. Um, <laughs> Mike and Mary Hoggard, Neil O'Donnell get paid somehow for that game. You'll never change my mind. I will. We could probably go for hours on that, Mike and Mary. I, I, uh, I still don't believe in that, but um, a lot of people do. So I will respect that take, especially when you put it in all caps. Gosh, the, <laughs> when you go all caps, it's it's hard not to uh, be emphatic yeah. about it. So um, yeah, I. Uh, hey, hey, Ben, my 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 buddy, my know it all podcast. You know, yeah, you know, he's a he's a cowboy fan. Oh, he's huge. He, he he sends Neil O'Donnell a Christmas card every year to still thank him for that Super Bowl win they got. He really does. He really does. Well, he, he said he does. He probably doesn't know Neil O'Donnell's address, but it's just funny that he, as as a diehard hardcore Dallas Cowboy fan that he's that thankful to Neil O'Donnell. <laughs> That's uh well, you know, I'm I still contend Ernie Mills doesn't get hurt in that game. It's a completely different game. There you go. He blew out his ACL, and then he ended up. Ernie Mills ended up being a cowboy, which is is really strange after that. But we could talk about that game all day. But hey, that's going to bring us down. Let's talk about fun stuff and uh, getting back out there. I just want to uh, ask Marky D real quick as we go on. Uh, Steelers had a uh, they had a down game in mm-hmm. the preseason the other mm-hmm. day. Do you uh, does that affect any of your enthusiasm? going into the regular season. It's uh it's kind of funny because like we talked about it Matty today like I think this is the first time in my history of being a Steelers fan that I wanted to really watch the preseason games and to really have an understanding of what these players were doing. Um the biggest thing I can take like take away from this game and what I've noticed in the Steelers in the last few years is like, is there is their heart and their, their to be competitive in the game. And when you don't see that happen even in a preseason game, uh you kind of think you know why do you even run into the field? So I know it's a harsh, it's a harsh take. Like I know they're versing one, the ones versus fours, um, but for me, it's like you've just got to, you know, you've got to want to play the game to 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 give to give it your all, no matter what the circumstance is. So we we didn't see that yesterday, or was it yesterday or two days before? We didn't see that a few days ago at all. So it was yesterday in our world here, um, but you're <laughs> yeah. in Australia, so you're you're a world away. Uh, let let me let me go ahead and do this. We're going to wrap up talking about the roster, and I'm going to throw some names. We'll we'll go rapid fire in this, um, with maybe just a sentence after each one. I'm going to throw out some names, and we'll go uh, with both of you and get your takes on this. Uh, yes or no on the ra- roster, and you can even say practice squad if you want. But actually, uh, let's go ahead and throw out uh, the first name. Derek Watt. Tate, we'll start with you. He makes it. Not necessarily because of his play, but because he's TJ's brother. <laughs> You're subscribing to that. Marky D. Uh, he makes it, but I'm, I'm not too sure how. Let's okay. put it that way. Yeah. Rashad Coward. Tate. I think he's going to align death. Practice squad. Okay. Mark? That's my weakest position, but I think uh, it all, all depends on depth. So I don't know with, with uh, Coward. All right. We're going to go a little different on this next one. I'm going to say Kendrick Green. Is he a starter? Is he a reserve? Tate? Starter. Marky D. 
Yeah, I think he has to start because who's who's going to be the other center? Unless you start another center and you don't want to um, allow Green to start and then all the magic goes away. So if you know that he's going to be really great for the whole season or have some um, sort of impact, then maybe start someone in front of him like a veteran. Then you, you can't use an excuse to the way where Green goes in there and then does nothing. So well, I, I think, think they I go. Think- I think I, I think even with that, I mean, I think Hassenhauser, this is his third year, I believe. So he's, yes. he's still a young guy. And I think they like B.J. Finney as the backup, number one backup guard. Um, So I think Kendrick Green, I mean, you, you kind of just got to – even if he takes takes his lumps, he has to take them. I mean, it'll, it, it'll mm-hmm. pay dividends at the end of the season if we go ahead and put him in now and let that officer line unit kind of – coalesce and gel together all right so my next one was a combo it was going to be jc Hour and bj finney <laughs> and uh so it sounds like you guys think that they're both going to make the roster is that correct i do okay mark yeah if, if, if it's just for depth like i said before um if you start green the, the worst thing i want to see happen is green starting and then all the Steeler fans or he go plays really bad then he gets you know shot put out of there and then the other guy comes in. Whereas sometimes in what you can do with certain teams is put, you know, the guy who you want to start and then, then Green could be the savior. If that makes any sense, they might do that. But if Green's a talent, put Green in there for sure. Um, yeah, if I just want to see some good depth. So because this is the longest season I think we've ever had f- from preseason to, to regular season. Yeah, and I think, I think, I think BJ... Is the is the swing guard backup guard and and JC is the backup center. Interesting. So let's stay on the offensive line with Joe Haig. Pete, I think I, th- I think he makes it. I think he makes the fifty three. I think I think he's the next best tackle far as preseason performance behind Dan Moore, and they're going they're going to keep Chuk. So I think I think Haig, Haig is that is that next tackle. Behind either Chooks or Dan Moore, Marky. I, I'm uh, copying Tate's answer. I agree with Tate because you're picking on me with all these O line guys. Okay, so we'll, we'll do something you know a little bit better. Let's talk about tight ends. Let's start off with uh, Let's start off with Ebron and Fryermuth. Who's the starter? And Mark, we'll start with oh, you. We'll, we'll you start with to, you. So, yeah, you have to go with uh, Ebron here and then to let to see what Frymouth can can back up behind him. Similar kind of thing. You know what you have with Ebron. You don't want to put too much pressure on Frymouth to be number two. You want If you want Frymouth to be number two, then he's going to be, could be a great number two heading into one. So you go with uh, Ebron, uh, Frymouth, and then maybe Gentry if he's going to be a third. Oh, you, no, you're going ahead because I, I was – all right, so we already know your answer on Gentry. So uh, Tate. Uh, the the tight end room, I think, I think, I think it's it's, it's not necessarily a one and a two. I think it's one A and one B. I agree, and I, mm-hmm. and, and, and I think those guys will have have matchups on different weeks where 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 each of them can exploit the defense. I think I think Pat, you know, down down the middle in the red zone, and I think I think Ebron more on the on, on you know tight end out routes or tight end posts and things like that. But I think I think they both are are weapons. So let's uh, stay with those tight ends, and uh, we're looking at Gentry, and we're looking at Raider. So Tate, 
Ooh, that's, that's, that's one of the toughest battles. Uh, they have draft capital in, in Gentry, obviously a fifth-round pick two years ago. Um, but Raider is one of those undrafted free agents that's just been grinding and working. And, you know, he's he's such a great blocker. And with the mm-hmm. way we, how we're trying to transition into a into a, a more, at least a balance, if not more run-oriented offense, I think radar. I think radar offers more, and I think you can stash Gentry on the practice squad and get away with it for one more year. Mark, you're yeah, already gonna, you're already keeping Gentry, right? I've got my guy Gentry. Like I think, like I've, I've ragged him out a few times, but I just think his sheer size in that in that team has something to to say to this team. He's about seven foot tall. You've got to use him in certain <laughs> ways in the in the in the end zone as well. But Tate's right. Like I do like to play with Kevin Radar and how he blocks. So if you're going to use um, Najee in the backfield and you have um, Frymuth and, and Raider in there too, I like how they can, can can push that pocket forward. So And I think with Gentry now, is he hitting into his third year? Is it third year? Yes. Um, this is a proof of year for him. So, like, you know, me and Matty talked about today when if you're going into any job for second year, third year, you should already know what you're doing. This is this is the time where you really need to excel. Um, so I'd say if they keep radar, it would be a shock to me, but you obviously need him for the for the run game there. And I am a, I was hoping that they kept radar O'Reilly from uh, Mash because I, I believe he would be <laughs> he would be a great player. Uh, let's look at the wide receivers and let's say wide receivers slash special teams here. Let's go with Matthew Sexton versus Ray Ray McLeod. Tate. Uh I like, like I told you, man, full transparency. Ray Ray, Ray McLeod is my, my brother-in-law's nephew in Florida. So I'm rooting for Ray Ray. He's kind of like next to family. Matthew Sexton's had a great camp. He didn't he didn't do himself any favors the other night with those mm-hmm. muffs. And the, the one fumble cost a touchdown. I like Ray Ray to be the number five receiver. I like Matt Sexton to make the practice squad, even though he got cut early. Yes, and I uh, he was a part of that nine. And I realized that, but I brought that in just because, you know, there's there's some things that they move around. You We've seen stuff guys get cut and brought back into the 53. So that was a guy that I was thinking of. And that's the reason I brought him up that way. So um, do you believe, Mark, let's go ahead and put it this way. Um, this is a two-part question. Mm-hmm. Do you think that Ray Ray is safe? As the fifth fifth receiver, that's part one. And part two, do you think that Tate has to work hard to get Ray Ray on the uh, BTSC family of podcasts? Uh, the second part, yes. Let's get Ray <laughs> Ray on here. Um, you know what, though? The first part, no player should feel safe. Um, I think the, the biggest battle this, this camp has seen has Ray Ray versus Sexton. And the funny thing about that is, did Ray Ray win that because Sexton got cut? However, Ray Ray didn't play lights out or I don't think he grabbed the position today. It looks from a standpoint that he has it because Sexton isn't there anymore. Doesn't mean another receiver can't come in or Bussy can be back there or um, Deontay Johnson could be fielding punts uh, there too. So it doesn't mean, yeah, if they cut Ray Ray too, you'd be, we could be shocked as, again. But just because uh, Sexton is gone, it doesn't mean it's his, it's his spot. Hey, bad. I think I think with with Ray Ray, what 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 you get, um, Sexton Sexton could be a better returner. 
I think Ray Ray is is like a chess piece in Matt Canada's offense because of the ability in the jet sweep game and the short pass, the bubble screen, and that type, kind of game. I think Ray Ray is probably better suited for that than Sexton or Bussy. Bussy is compelling though because he didn't play the other night, so I'm wondering if that means that they're keeping him. I don't know. I didn't see him the mm-hmm. other night. Do you guys know anything about that? I do not, but that is a uh, when he does not get a showcase and he was not one of the uh, first nine cut, you would think that uh, there's a possibility that they are looking at him for the practice squad. However, remember the game they played last year, and there were no preseason games, but they played that game with James Pierre. They made sure that he was not on the practice squad because they knew they would lose him right. because of because of what they saw in camp and other teams know what's going on in camp. So that might be a pie. You might see something there. There might be some chess play with, with Rico Bussy. Plus it's, it is an awesome name too. Um, I really like Anthony Johnson. I think he's been around a while. Um, I would love, love to see him back as a uh, practice squad player as well. Um, I really think that uh, he has done some nice things in preseason. So I just wanted to bring him up as well. Um, Let's go ahead and go to the defensive line. And I'm going to kind of, uh, I'm going to kind of switch it up real quick with the defensive line. Will there be a trade with a backup defensive lineman going to another club? Tate, we'll start with you. Uh, that's that's a tough one to forecast. The defensive line room is, is is loaded. I agree, and we're we're we're, we're probably one man, one man too many as far as the fifty three. Far as you know, keepable guys, guys that that you can keep and and see and see pr- project ahead to be really good defenders. But I can't. I don't think I can forecast a trade of a defensive line because I wouldn't know which way to go. Let's see. Uh, so let's throw some names out here. Uh, and I tell you what, I'll throw three names out here and you can go ahead and say who sticks. Uh, Henry, keep, 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 keep two of three. Yeah. Let's, let's say keep two of three. Okay. Carlos, Carlos Davis, Henry Mondo, Isaiah Bugs. If you're asking oh. me, I think, I think both Carlos Davis and Bugs bring the most upside as as rotational guys on the line, Mondo has that has that that Steeler that Steeler character that Steeler fabric. He's a hard worker, great special teams player. I just don't see as much upside. And if you're keeping guys on the roster behind starters, you kind of want to try and keep the guys with the most upside. So I would probably slip Mondo to the practice squad if, if we could keep him there, and keep Davis and Bugs on the roster. That's that's my take. All right, Mark D. That's a hard question, man. Um, it is, I, it is. Yeah, you know what you're doing, don't you, with those kind of questions? <laughs> yeah, and I know I don't uh, have to answer them. So uh, <laughs> they're all they're all very similar players, aren't they? My my th- first thought was uh, keep Mondo, uh, and then it was battle between Carlos Davis and Bugs, and I thought keep Davis over Bugs. Uh, like honestly, I don't but, know. But, like, but like, Bugs played really well the other night. He's one of the, him yeah. and I. Loudermilk were the were two guys that played the best the other night. Yeah, I just that's just a hard. That's a hard question. It is hard. <laughs> and you notice I did not say Loudermilk for a reason because I don't think he's going anywhere. 
Yeah, I don't think he is either. I mean, they got yeah. too much too much capital invested in him. They they drafted him and they traded the next year's draft pick to get him. So fourth I, I rounder. Think he's, yeah, I think he's safe. Now let's uh, one more guy on the uh, the defensive line. But I'm gonna I'm gonna phrase this as a different question: Is Chris Wormley the next Tyson Alulu as far as so much value as a defensive lineman? Mark, I'll start with you. Uh, I'm gonna say no. I I think I think Alulu is a, a key part of this defense, and I think when he came back and we all thought he was going like Gonski, see you later, mate. Um, I don't see him just as an impactful player like Alulu. So I would say probably no at this moment. Wow. And he was a former, he was a former Raven. I'm sorry. That, that's okay. Raven? So, yeah, was, so, was, so, so, so was James Harrison. <laughs> yeah, James Harrison was a former Raven too. You know, he, and a member of the Rhine Fire for the Ravens. He wore, he was in Europe with a Raven logo on his uh, on his chest. Oh, hey, tell me that he's my favorite. Okay, well. <laughs> Uh, it's it's okay. I mean, it's happened. Tate, same question. Um, yeah, Wormley. I think I'll take a different take than Mark D. I think I'd say yes because when you think about it, Tyson Alulu was a first round draft pick, high pedigree. He didn't really come into his own to really till he got to the Steelers. I don't want to call say he was a bust in Jacksonville, but he's been significantly better as a Steeler than he was as a Jaguar. So I think Chris Wormley, uh, I believe it's, it's a third-round draft pick, if, if, if my memory serves me correctly, out of Michigan. Yes. yes so, he you know, he's 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 kind of a of a, of a high-draft pedigree guy, and he ha- he's just now starting to come into his own. I think he's learning from Cam, learning from Tewitt, learning from Tyson. He's learning, he's learning that Steelers mentality and that culture. And I think going forward, he'll be better than he's ever has been. I really like Chris Wormley this year, and I, I'm going to say yes. I think he is uh, going to be very valuable the way that uh, Alu Alu has been the last couple of years. We had, do we have a super chat from Snowman? We got a hashtag bad company, so I love it. Could the Steelers cut Ray Ray and go to the free agent route? I really don't think. I, I think if... If Ray Ray is not on the team, I think they can find a seventh round pick out of Ray Ray McLeod. I think if anything, that they would trade him. But I think I want to go back to what Tate said earlier as a chess piece in in uh, Matt Canada's offense. I really think that he is uh, a guy that they are relying on. So I don't think he's going anywhere. Gentlemen, thoughts? Tate? I mean, I, I I'd agree with you. I mean, just just to be that extra chess piece. And then if, if, if they, they wouldn't cut him, like you said, I think they could get some some draft capital back, even if, even if it is a seventh rounder, even a sixth rounder. I think they could get that from another team that needs a return guy, needs a fourth receiver, needs that kind of, you know, extra playmaker on the field. Yeah, I think as, he did – oh, sorry, bro. I think he, he showed us that he can catch as well in the, in the preseason games. Uh, I just – just in my comments before, I just didn't think his job was that safe, but he needed to prove it to us a little bit. And he showed us in the last drive, he caught that touchdown. So, uh, and I know we all we all want to yell Ray Ray to the end zone like so bad. Ray Ray, um, Ray Ray. You know, you know, you want to you want to root for that guy, but um, it's, it's the same kind of class me and Matty talked about today. Like he's the fifth guy there, and we have four other guys in front of him plus the tight ends and and Najee. So, at that same time, he's just going to be you know more of an. A, excitable um, 
person on the offense. He can do more of the swing routes and the, the things that Canada can do, which would be fun to watch. But if he were to be traded and get someone else in or someone else takes his position, it's not going to really affect our offense. But you got to root for the guy too, because if you want to see him crack one on the punt, we, we all need that. We want to see that in our lives now. All right. So we just have some breaking news here, and it's still speculation, but this is coming in from Adam Schefter. And Ray, uh, Jameson Hensley also uh, put something in on here too. And I'm going to read uh, Jameson Hen- Hensley's uh, tweet. Actually, no, I'm not going to read his tweet. I'm, it's going to be uh, Schefter, and it's about J.K. Dobbins. They are He is having an MRI today after going down on a screen, pla- screen pass yesterday in the Ravens preseason game. Um, he is, uh, the expectation is that he may have suffered a season-ending injury, and that's bad news for me because I I, uh, I learned this very early on in my fandom from my dad, from my uncle. Like, you never root for – you root for another team to be full strength, and you don't root for injuries on the other team. Um, so I do hate to see that um, as far as J.K. Dobbins going down a absolute great talent that uh, – that kind of makes the uh, that really uh, hurts the Ravens' uh, chances. As far it doesn't kill their chances, but they they had they had a guy yesterday in his stead score five touchdowns in a preseason game, which is absolutely incredible to me. And I I could not believe I don't maybe it was late when I read it, but um, did they have a guy? Truly score five touchdowns, and I think they did. You know about sure. that? Yeah, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not sure either. Yeah, I saw the Ravens put on about 55,000 points because they never stopped. <laughs> but, uh, you know, they can win in the preseason, and the, the coach is relentless. He'll play five quarters if he has to. Uh, hey, and, yeah, and that's that's hard for Dobbins, very hard. It, it is hard. I mean, I guess and we, 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 we talked pre-show bad, and I, and I said – I'm a Dobbins fan, I've become an Ohio State fan, but you know, I'm not I root for him as a as an individual running back, but not so much as a Raven. Uh I'd say if you if you don't have already, Gus Edwards value and fancy just went way up. And do do you guys know I heard I, I read something, heard something that the Ravens have won 20 consecutive preseason mm-hmm. games? Yes, it 20. is a record. And wow. uh, I See, I that's that's a weird record for me because that's one of those things to me that I mean it's an accomplishment, but it's still preseason when we went into the, the Steelers Panthers game saying that we don't care who wins this game, we care about the quality of play that we see. And I've uh it's almost makes me feel like Harbaugh's trying to set that kind of record, and that's not the record that you need to set. Um, I'm, I might be completely wrong here, but that's that's like having the nicest socks. You know, <laughs> uh, I just don't. I just don't think that means anything to me. It's just yeah, no, I mean, it, coach, it, coach, it means you know. nothing, and I'm laughing because I know I know you guys. What do you guys call them? Wayne what, what, Harbs. What do you call them? Wang Harbs. Yeah, Wang Harbs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's he is that kind of guy. It's it's re, it's mm-hmm. really, I mean, that's uh, 
I mean, yeah, that's that's great, but I, in the end, that does that gives you nothing. No, bad. Let me let, let me ask you a quick question off top off topic, real quick. But who's who's worse between Jim and John? Oh, it's it's uh, it's actually uh, I read this story. Mike, I'm going to take some <laughs> flack for this. I, I I read this story years ago that they talk about their mom being the most competitive, and they get their their competitiveness from their mom. So uh, maybe it's mom. Um, maybe mom's just uh, a pain in the butt. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> um, and I hate to say that cause you know how I love moms. Um, but now nah, really I, it's, it's a, uh, it's John for me because I have more, more of a stake in it. And I've seen him, I've seen him go for two in uh winning by 30 some in a, a north division game he did it on september 11th of 2000 2011 on, against the steelers on opening day they were the ravens were just creaming the steelers and he was going for two up by 30 some points and i've seen him do that i've seen him run fakes on uh, extra points against the browns and the Bengals just to run it up and he's that right. kind of guy so i I think that's one of the reasons he became Wang Harbs. Um, by the way, Tyler Huntley had four rushing touchdowns yesterday for the wow. uh, and uh, excuse he's me, the, no, I'm wrong. He's the backup quarterback, right? He's, he's a QB, yeah. Four four receiving touchdowns and one rushing. Wow. So uh, he accounted for uh, yeah. He threw he threw because McSorley's hurt, so he threw for four, and uh, so. That's uh that's where I made that mistake. So that's really interesting too as well. But with McSorley back, you'll uh if he does come back, that they have a, a pretty uh pretty good room there, pretty good quarterback room, especially for that that system. Dave Shipley gives us five dollars. No wad and no two at week one. Wormley will prove his value, and the biggest is Jones or Roche making it. And we were gonna talk about that. So let's jump into that next. And thanks for the five dollars, Dave Shipley big friend of the show jameer jones you know he's not going to wear number 44 if he sticks because watt will be wearing 44 he's going to get that uh the position the possession arrow on the jersey um what do you think i'm i'm gonna vote because i think jameer jones there's no way that you can get rid of this guy because he's doing it early in games too it's not just he's not doing it in garbage time. He's doing it early in preseason games. I like Roche, but what, are you guys with me on this? I'm saying Jameer Jones. Tate. Yeah. Go ahead, Mark D. Well, I'm just going to say, I reckon uh, the number that Jameer Jones is going to get would be number 49 because Marsh is terrible. Okay, so <laughs> that was my next one, Marsh. So you're saying no, Royal King. The Pokemon King. I, is I'm done from to, from today's game, yesterday's game, or tomorrow's game. I'm done. I'm done with him, man. Marsh is just not. I just don't see anything with him. So, um, he's my scapegoat to really rag someone out, and, and you know, let's get on the rag train. This, well, that's a bad. That's, don't say that word again. Uh, <laughs> but look, hey, Marsh needs to be gone. I know that's a bit of a 12 a.m. slip up. That didn't mean that didn't mean anything. <laughs> We're okay. <laughs> We're okay. Tate. Yeah, I mean, I think I think Jameer Jones makes it. Uh, I like I like Roche. I'm wondering if they could get him on the practice squad. And agreeing with Mark, I think Cassius Marsh is is, is out of here. Like not like no practice squad, no mm -hmm. obviously no 53. I think 
they go with 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 Roche and Jones. That's very interesting. And you know, there's a possibility that they can go with five there. And that that would mean they would keep less as far as your inside linebackers go. And let's talk about the inside linebackers. I'm going to throw some names out out here and we'll go rapid fire. Let's go ahead with Robert Spillane. I think I think Spillane's going to, is going to make it because because he's experienced depth, not because he played his way onto the roster, only because he's experienced depth. Mark, I think if you have Spillane there surrounded by 10 other guys who are greats, then Spillane can be really good. But you surround him by, you know, the same caliber, then he, then he's just, you know, just normal, I guess. So he's, he's going to be there. He's depth for sure. I agree with that. So let's go ahead and look at Ulysses Gilbert the third. Bye-bye. Yeah, I'm not too sure with UG3. I don't know if I've seen enough with him, and I think Spillane would beat him out. And I, yeah, I'm not sure. Well, they 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 they've invested three years in him, and the guy's either always hurt, he's never lived mm. up to potential, and I mean, I think I think they they just kind of washed their hands with that draft pick this year. All right, so we're gonna do this last one a little different, and I'm just gonna ask one question: Who's the slot corner? Who I. My, myself right now, I, I'm going to I'm going to go with I'm going to go with Cam Sutton. I think they move him over in, into the inside, put James Pierre on the outside. Mm. I think the defense is the defense loses from a physicality standpoint. As far as you know, in the in the blitzing downhill run game, maybe they scheme something else up. But we get way better in coverage with Cam Sutton in in the slot and with Joe Schobert out there, Devin Bush, Mark. Yeah, I kind of agree with that too because I do like I do like uh, James Pierre, you know, one on one with a with a cornerback, and I like the way he played this preseason uh, and even a little bit last year. So uh, Sutton's a bit more of a veteran guy, but if you can have Sutton play ex, play outstanding in that slot position, then you have a good uh, James Pierre on the corner and Joe Hayden. You know, they're obviously going to move guys around all the time, but if coming out from the day one, I would say the same as Tate there. Those two. I All think, right. I think I think I think it's schemed up bad. I think I think when they when they get mm. when they go big nickel, I think maybe I think maybe they could even bring bring uh Edmonds down more into the box and switch Sutton out and put Sutton at, at safety because he's capable of playing safety also. So it's, it's 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 a chess game moving pieces around the board depending on what Keith Butler wants to do. Really interesting. And we've got one more, and I would be remiss if I did not ask Mark D about his countryman, Jordan Berry against Big Press, Presley Harvin the third. But I'm going to let him think about it. I'm going to go with Tate first. Uh Jordan Berry's had a great camp, and I know how I know I know I know how Jeff Jeff feels about Jordan Berry. So and I'm kind of I'm it's just, it's just time, it's just time for 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 a fresh face. And so I'm going to go with, with Press Harvin. I mean, they, they use draft capital on him. You don't use draft capital on a punter if you don't intend on keeping him. And he's and he's had as equally a good a camp as Jordan Berry's had. If you think Jordan Berry's had a great camp, then Press Harvin's had a great camp also. Mark D is, the, is holding going to be a problem for the Steelers 
And does Jordan Berry have an advantage because of his relationship as holding this long for Chris Boswell? We saw we we saw a bad hold. It could have been a bad snap. I don't know exactly what it was the other night for a missed extra point. Mark D. Yeah, but but not really. If uh, big press can sink, you know, sink like sixty yard punts, uh, it shouldn't be. You know, that's that shouldn't really come too much into play of it. Um, look. You know, I'm an Australian and, and Barry's an Australian and we take pride in our sport. However, like, I still root for this team and I think Barry's done. I think this is the last year for him. I think you've got to, like, like Tate said, you need, a, you need a fresh face in there. And Barry's played six years in the league. I think it's about time that he hangs up the cleats and comes home or goes to another team. But you got to go with a young guy. I think he's 31, uh, Barry, and the young, uh, Harvin is, like, 22, 23. And can I just add real quick? I go piggyback on what Mark said. I think I think just like we talked about Ray Ray, I think Press Harvin offers a little more in the special teams game for his fake punts, maybe you know, running a punt because he's a big guy. If you want to do a fake punt on short yardage, I think he just offers more from that perspective as well. And I want to Answer uh, a critic here, Portna, good friend of the show. Bad thinks you could trade Barry. I'm serious. Yes, and I'm marking it down. If they keep Presley Harvin the third, they are not cutting Barry. They will get a seventh-round pick out of Jordan Barry. Mark it down. I'm saying it here. Boom. I, I, and, I, 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 I probably agree. You can get something. Late, 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 uh, late draft asset, but you can't get a draft asset, I believe. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of true because like it, it's funny with uh, we always talk about punting this year because we want a bit of a change, but if you look at the stats with the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, Jordan Berry is like second. He's second in most stats if throughout the whole history. However, that's second of maybe you know people who are good punters and not great punters. So you can probably get something for him, but I think you go you have to go with Harp. You got the guy in the seventh round. You have to use him and. It's it's goodbye, Barry. And there's 30, uh, 31 other teams. Or sorry, thirty teams. Never count the Bengals. Um, actually, you could, you could you could you could ship him to the Bengals, but someone might pick him up, and, and Barry might have a job for another year or two. I love this. Brian Brown says teams waiting a punter to get cut, gonna jump like a hobo on a hamburger. <laughs> I mean, that's just me. I'm not a hobo, but I'll jump on a hamburger. <laughs> I, Speaking of hamburgers, let's talk about this. Uh, Mark Mark, and Matt yesterday at Touchdown Under talked about some weird food. Um, guys, when I think about Steelers football and how I got into being a Steelers fan, I remember food. I mean, I had an Italian grandmother. We'd go to her house. We would watch the Steelers. There'd be about 15 people, you know, in that living room trying to watch the Steeler game. I was always on the floor right in front of the TV and I couldn't get yelled at for hurting my eyes because I had nowhere else to go. Because like, if you sit too close to the TV, you're going to ruin your eyes. They would say that to me all the time, but I got right up close and it was some of my best memories, but the food, I, I always think about spaghetti with meatballs and fried dough and with, uh, with sauce with spare ribs when I think about the Pittsburgh Steelers, because that's what I grew up with. I don't do it as much now, but when I go back, when I talk about family and football and food, that's what it was for me. Do you have any food that you associate with the Steelers, Tate? And before I get started, Mark D, I love it that he said it. If he's going to watch his five-star Steelers, 
he's going to have some five-star food. So take go ahead. <laughs> I agree. Uh, I go back. The, the My first Steeler memory is the Super Bowl where they played the Rams. I believe that was a 79 season. Um, and yeah. as as much then I didn't I didn't associate with food as I got older, it became like in 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 a event a Steeler games an event, and I and it's just it's just simple. But I do like to have my food. I like to have my wings and probably pizza, is what I associate with Steelers football. Just because on NFL Sundays that's usually I order some wings and order a pizza and have that there all day to snack on. And the Steelers the game of focus so. On Sundays, it's Steeler football and football in general all day. But Steeler game has to be watched and wings and pizza for me. Marky. Yeah, well, like I said in the podcast today, and uh, awesome stuff brings it up. We had the you know the new Australian pizza podcast. We talked about pizza for about 10 minutes. Um, but it's totally true. I've always had this. Yeah, I know. I, cu- I cut all that out on the audio. Uh, so. that's I'm a- kidding. No, I- <laughs> Honestly, that was a, one of our most funnest uh, times in a long time talking about that. But um, I've, I've had this theory for a long time. You just can't waste a good television show, a good movie, or a good football game without good food watching it, right? I don't want to watch the Steelers versus Ravens in the, uh, in the championship game. And I'm eating a peanut butter sandwich. I can't do that. It's got <laughs> it's, it's to be, be a pizza. Uh, a subway. Uh, um, we have a thing here called a porter, like a um, uh, like chicken, like nice chicken burger. You need mm. something to have that to watch the football. Otherwise, you're just wasting both. So if you if you're wasting both, if you're if you're eating, you know, your nice pizza but staring at a brick wall. What's the point? There's no point. <laughs> <laughs> I like Agreed. that. I can eat a good pizza staring at a brick wall. I will tell you that. <laughs> I can eat a good pizza anywhere. Um, Gosh, let, let me uh, bring this one up real quick because everybody knows I'm from Johnstown. Um, Paul must know I'm from Johnstown, Pennsylvania. Bad sundowner in the AM. Oh, so, you know, everybody's everybody has fried eggs on burgers now. All right. Mm-hmm. In the last five years, everybody's put an egg on a burger. We've been doing it in Johnstown forever. And we had a place called Coney Island. I think it's back now. Um, but, man, they were the greasiest, thinnest burgers, but they were glorious. And you would throw, they would throw in the Coney Island chili, mustard, the strongest onions. My wife, my gosh, she was pregnant with, uh, with Jillian. And I came in, I showered after having two, two sundowners, and she still kicked me out of the bedroom. Because I smelled so bad, come, the onions coming through my pores. <laughs> then you put the fried egg on top of it. It's called a sundowner. Oh, they're gorgeous. They're beautiful. We, oh, we we call them they're uh, like an Aussie works burger. We have um, beef, and I thought the Aussies did that first. The egg and the, the beef together with. Um, I don't know if you guys have it like uh, beetroot. Do you have beetroot? I do not know what beetroot is. Do you know what beetroot is? Take. Oh, you guys call oh radishes. Okay. Right. All right. Oh yeah, yeah. Is it, is radishes. It, yeah. Is it purple? Yeah. Yeah, we call it beetroot. Ah, with a slang for you. But yeah, yeah we, but- we do we do burgers with um you know the Aussie burger with like egg and stuff and bacon and pi- pineapple too, like the works burger. It's so okay. good and interesting. But pineapple on a burger. Yeah, man, the works. Okay, I've had it on the pizza, never a burger though. Okay. Yeah, you know what? Beetroot sounds too much like Beirut. And I mean, I don't want to associate Beirut with my food. Um, I will say this, something I learned in college 
because uh, they would always have, we would, could always get a burger at college and they had the salad bar with all kinds of things at Pitt Johnstown and they had Doritos always on the salad bar. So I would put Doritos on my burger. So anytime I'm in a picnic and there's Doritos and a burger, I put Doritos on there. It, it, it adds a little crunchiness and mm-hmm. you get the cheese flavor. Oh, that's a really good way to go too. Um, <laughs> one thing that, uh, one thing that we do here is we, my, uh, my wife puts together Steeler Central. And what we do is we have so many people from Western Pennsylvania here in Maryland come to the games. Um, it, you don't have to be from there, but usually a Steeler fan. Now, are Ravens fans allowed to come? Yeah, they're allowed to come, but everybody knows the rule. Anybody's allowed in my living room, you just don't pee on the couch. So that's, uh, you have to be respectful, but Ra- 